Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, where we collect and, excuse me, connect and collaborate with experts in their industry, published authors, and fascinating people. And as a Chief Inspirational Officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, their talents, and their self-worth, otherwise known as that self-esteem. People matter, self-worth matters, time matters, and when it all aligns, everything works. And on today's episode, we have Charles Klassen, Jr. with us today. And he is a visionary leader and ideator, transforming organizations with purpose and entrepreneurial drive to accomplish the unthinkable. And Charles, thank you for being with us today on this episode. Good morning, Marlo, and thank you so much. Absolutely. And, um, you know, as you and I have collaborated, I find you to categorize one of those fascinating people. And upon our connections and the connectivity that we have had, it really aligns to, um, I just want people to hear some of the things that you're working on, a little bit about your background. And, um, and I'm just going to turn it over to you if there's anything you want to add, but I'm going to let you just take off in what direction you feel is best. Okay. Thank you and fantastic. You know, I, th- I thought um, what we would talk about um, this morning would be in the world today, there is so many opportunities. Uh, there's so much abundance for everyone in the world. And there's, with that comes a lot of um, challenges. So I'd like to maybe share some thoughts on the leadership factor and how we start developing leaders, innovators, and um, bring out the creativity um, in the United States but as well as the world. Um, I've been a medical device. Well, I've been running companies since I was 29 years old and spent the last 21 years in the medical device industry, innovating and growing products which help treat people who are critically ill with cancer and other diseases and, and help bring new life in, into the world. So it's, it's been an interesting journey um, just trying to help improve the quality of people's lives and reduce pain and suffering. But there is so much more. There's so many opportunities, and I, I struggle at times just looking at the way we educate our young people from the early days all the way through their university experience. And one of the things I'm very interested in is transforming higher education and the university experience, teaching our young people how to be innovators and how to be creative and how to collaborate and solve real problems that make a difference uh, in our communities, in our states, in the United States, and in the world. And the young people today have so much energy and passion. They really want to make a difference, but we don't always help them or optimize their journey to be successful in what I would characterize as a global innovation economy. Now, there's some that think the future of the United States uh, lies in low-cost manufacturing. I, I don't believe that American laborers and workers want to work for 5 to $10 an hour just doing uh, basic work. I, I don't think our cost structure really sets us up to do that. So thinking about how we transform higher education and how we transform our country. So when you think about the leadership factor, what makes leaders stand out and differentiate themselves 
you know, part of that comes with the experiences that an individual has, has had in life, what you've done in your career, what you've done in your personal life, what you've done as a, a volunteer to give back to the community. But at the, at the end of the day, I think one of the key leadership traits is learning how to be a catalyst to connect people, to connect people to a vision, to connect people to um, ideas, then really step back and serve as a guide and a mentor. I think true leadership isn't about um, ramrodding an idea or ramrodding a mandate. It's um, about creating a decision, a vision for the future, for the organization, for the community, for the country, then aligning uh, people who want to make a difference, who want to be heard, to, to understand where we're going then, and how, to, how they can help to get there, then just guiding them. So le leadership, I think, in the age that we're in today, requires um, a, a different approach. When you Absolutely. think about, when I think about leadership, you know, I think it all starts with a grounding and trust being authentic, being your true self, having a high level of integrity, while at the same time being very empathetic, humble, and um, just sharing gratitude. I think the days of leaders and boards of directors of companies and just um, politicians and everyone else being derived, driven by greed is not going to get us to where we need to be. I think there's solutions to every problem, but we have to start refocusing our energies and our, our constructs to really making our communities, our country, and the world a better place and really solving some of these, these opportunities and engaging especially the, the young people to stand up and start being the leaders. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to step in here too because you, when we have connected, have a very rich description that you've recently stated through Peter Drucker, I believe, as we were talking, you know, somewhat of the definition of an entrepreneur and how it's somewhat destructive and disruptive. Absolutely. Over the last um, two centuries, there's been different um, economists and leaders who have defined um, entrepreneurship. But there was a French economist, Jean-Baptiste Say, who characterized an entrepreneur as a special economic actor, someone who shifts economic resources out of an area of lower and into an area of higher productivity and greater yield. And moving into the 20th century, uh, Joseph Schumpeter characterized the entrepreneur as the source of creative destruction necessary for economic advancement. And if you think about who those people are, they're the Henry Ford, they're the Stephen Jobs, they're the Zuckerberg, they're the people who are coming up with new models that transform society, transform communications, transform communities. And you know, there's just huge opportunities, but it's a, a paradigm shift. And the interesting thing on the, the business side of it, if you look at the emergence of the Chinese competition and uh, competition coming from Eastern Europe, they're coming to market with a high level of desire and passion and will, and they have new models for business and engagement. 
their cost structures are different, the, the way they process things are different. Uh, they can move and be much more nimble than a lot of American companies. So when I think about leadership, the, we have a, a legacy of institutions, whether it's universities that have developed uh, a legacy of scholarship where tenure protects faculty from politicians where they can do their scholarly research um, to corporations who have found their way to a certain point but uh, are not willing to re-engineer or reinvent themselves to be competitive. And there's, there's just so many things going on. You look at the energy field, you look at wind and solar power, uh, solar power, you look at what Elon Musk is doing with Tesla and the batteries, and you know, he takes on Detroit, and over time, everything is moving exponentially in terms of speed, and we all have to be able to adjust and keeping an organization grounded and focused in the midst of the chaos just mm. created by the rate of change and the rate of new competition makes it right. a challenge. And certainly leaders can't try to um, command and control things in a hierarchical structure. That just won't work at the rate of speed. And, so I'm going to step in. So, you know, you use the words of like grounding and trust and abundance and be yourself, be empathetic, be humble, have gratitude, but yet you think on such a global scale, okay? Help those people right now listening to this episode connect to that in a way that they can see themselves stepping into that to make a difference. What can they do from your opinion or your experience that will help that and help guide that? Well, I, I think the first step is, um, and, and this is whether you're a millennial just starting out or you're an experienced CEO, so much of um, really finding a vision is stepping back and finding time to sit and, and just be present with yourself and really understand what motivates you, what you get excited about and what you're passionate about, then setting an intention of the goal that you'd like to accomplish. Yeah. And it can be a smaller goal or it can be a, a global goal. But figuring out how to connect and share your story, but be true to yourself. I think we're, we're seeing lots of interesting things in U.S. politics. That this notion of alternative facts is, is interesting. I think there's millions of people that are in a place where they have a hard time making it through the day. They don't know how they're going to pay their rent or how they're going to feed their kids. So they have hope. And they listen to some of these alternative facts and this dream and vision. But I think, um, you know, if you step back and you just sit and think and, and look at what's going on, you'll tap into your own internal wisdom and you'll know that you'll have a good sense for what the truth is. But it has to start with your being authentic and being yourself. And, you know, I like to use the example of the, the Google STEM, the last STEM winner. This is a, a young lady in South Africa, 16 years old. She's of Indian descent. She was um, trying to come up with a notion or a method to solve the problem with grow, growing vegetables and fruits locally. So, so much of innovation and being leaders is the ability to step back and ask the right questions. So the problem she was trying to solve was drought and how to get things to grow. So she started at asking the question, well, what polymers could I use to put 
put into the soil that would hold water and allow things to grow. So she found some synthetic polymers. Then she asked the question, well, how can I derive this same type of polymer from materials and things that we have locally? So she came up with uh, the idea of taking orange peels and avocado peels and combining those with some moisture and heat, and it created a biodegradable polymer that held 300 times its weight in water that you can mix into the topsoil, which would allow things to grow. So the, the beautiful thing about being where we are today and the world today is the open source of knowledge and wisdom. You, you can get on the internet, and if you have any clue of, of where you want to go, you can start asking questions, and you can start doing searches, and you get all kinds of data, and you have um, access to knowledge that 100, 200 years ago was limited to a few scholars and a few wealthy. So by okay. connecting... I'm going to go tap ahead. into that really quick, Charles, because you know, you're speaking about you know, college students right, and connecting to institutions. You know, the thing that I hear, and I know you're hearing it, you know, we can get just as much education through YouTube channels and these very different resources that we have today that we didn't have when institutions were developed. Okay, the disconnect there. So students want to learn at a much greater rate. They don't want to be told, I have to take this class just to get this qualifier, just to get this grade, just to succeed. Absolutely. Okay, no. take me there for a minute because you're really rich in that knowledge and I want people to hear that point from you. Well, one of the things that I think is broken with uh, university education is that you go to class, you hear these lectures. If you're at a big public institution, you may have a Chinese or an Indian PhD who's regurgitating some kind of lecture in, lecture in chemistry or geometry or history. And, you know, that, that's not that motivating and stimulating. Um, in, in a nutshell, I would think that universities could basically take their most vibrant and exciting professors, do YouTube videos of the content. The students can watch it on their own. But when they come, come, come to class, they're coming to get together. They're coming together as one university cross-functionally with musicians and mathematicians and economists and business students and computer science students to look at and solve problems in the community, in the state, and in the world. And teaching young people how to work together and communicate to solve real-world problems. And the other side of where I think university education doesn't serve its primary customer base is the students. You know, the whole notion of university vitality and making sure the university is self-funding and, and viable into the future, but there's student vitality. And I believe that many, many students that graduate don't really know what they're passionate about. The experiences that they've gained in college really haven't um, given them the projects and the experience and the teamwork when they go out into the world. The real world, they know what their brand is. They know what they're passionate about. And um, I think there's so many opportunities to create a rich experience that gives students these experiences. And, um, you know, I can give you an example. If, you, if you're a, a violin major and your passion is to really be the third chair violin on the New York Philharmonic, when you graduate, you ought to know what your, your personal value proposition is. You ought to be able to articulate what you bring to the New York Philharmonic, how you add value, 
and why they should engage you as part of their, their team. And that applies to any business or nonprofit or any organization or anything you want to do in your life. I think innovation and creativity start with knowing the fire in your heart and knowing how to articulate that and connect to community and connect to business and connect to the resources you need to make it happen. Because with, with the will and the passion, you can make anything happen. The, the journey may be tough. There may be ups and downs, and there may be obstacles that need to be overcome. But you're making an impact. You're making a difference uh, in your life and the lives of others. And it's, it brings a lot more meaning uh, to your life. It does. And it keeps us just from going through the motions. You know, there's just a whole different level of change that happens. And I know you would agree with me on this one. You know when you have an interaction with somebody, Charles, that whether or not they have stepped into that space and whether or not they know themselves well enough to execute from that zone of authentic, you know, authenticity, right? They're much exactly. richer and they get a lot more done. So what's your experience with that? I mean, I know I have my personal experiences, but, you know, like how, how – have you connected to it, or do you have a direction you could guide people towards in understanding that better? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, I, I mentor a lot of young people and, and, and business people that have been out in the world for 10 or 20 years, and there's two basic um, human emotions, and you know, one is fear, and the other one is love. If you go to the deepest level, and, and everyone wants to be loved, but if you're, when you're coming from your heart and you're coming from a place of conviction and um, you're comfortable with that, you're comfortable with your messaging, you, you will be heard and people will listen to you. So, but on the receiving side of that, leaders and everyone in, in society just has to be open to listening and understanding the other person's point of view or their idea or their dream depending on your role, whether you're a mentor or a coach or, you know, a co-creator or business partner, finding common ground and then taking action and moving forward. In, um, in business today and in the world today, there's, there's a lot of great ideas, and many of them are running in parallel. And um, time to market, speed of execution is critical. So, taking what you believe in and driving it forward before someone else does will often create great business successes and fortunes. But it's, it's being present. At the end of the day, if you can show up in a conversation and quiet your mind and be listening to everyone who's sharing their point of view and, and really feeling what they're trying to communicate, you know, as humans, sometimes we don't always have the right words but it's being able to see through the words and really understand their true intentions and be able to pick up on that. You know, you'll find as you get into situations where you're negotiating a sale of a company or you're negotiating a com complex business deal, and everyone has their deal point, and just being very present and mindful of what's going on and listening to the what they're saying, but also listening to and watching their expressions and the energy, you can be so much more constructive when you're coming from a place of humility and grace and empathy and understanding in terms of getting consensus and driving 
um, your dream forward, whatever that might be at whatever level. That's not different if you're working with a couple friends on a a new business idea or if you're working with leaders of uh, nations or the world. Right. um, being showing up and being present is probably the best advice I can give anybody, and it, it takes some time to just get grounded and to stop the chatter and all the other got dialogues that are going on in the back of your mind. Absolutely. Okay, so we are coming into the close of our episode today, and um, what you know, I'm going to just tap into if you've got something rich that you would like to leave us off with, and I would also love to hear a book recommendation or two from you. Okay. Well, um, there's, there's a couple books that I think are, are very powerful. Um, so when you think about innovation and creativity, there's um, a book called The Upcycle and Cradle to Cradle, uh, written by William McDonoghue and Michael Bronhart, Brungart. They, um, they claim there is no pollution problem in the world. There's just a design problem. It's how you create a vision and how you work together to solve um, challenges and opportunities at any level. The, um, there's a book by Bruce Moss uh, called Massive Change, which looks at major portions, infrastructures in society from energy to uh, healthcare to transportation, how you build cities of the future. I think that gives you great insights into where the world is going and at the pace it's going. So when you understand the major trends, then you can start figuring out how to position yourself and where things are going and what you're passionate about. So that's a great guidepost to think about where the world is going. Um, D. Hawk was the founder of, of Visa, Corporation, he, he's, he talks about leadership. He has one book called uh, One from Many, which talks about new forms of um, leadership in a complicated um, society of change. And, um, you know, I could go on. I know, right? <laughs> I think that's a, enough to get people off the ground. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll, give you, I'll give you one more. There's a okay. book called How... To Ching, T-A-O-T-E, then C-H-I-N-G. It's, uh, Taoism is an ancient um, um, spiritual practice, and it's, it's a simple little book with a way, uh, kind of a, a guidepost for how to live life and how to lead, and it's filled with wisdom. It's not a religion, but it's, it's, it's an amazing little book. That's my problem with my favorite book of all time. Stephen Mitchell has a copy of it. There's probably 50 different versions of it. Okay. It's a very powerful book. Um, each page has one, two paragraphs on it of leadership, living, loving, and, and just how to be um, your unique self. So I would highly recommend that as well. Excellent. So, you know, in, uh, in closing, I think there is – so many opportunities in the world today, and there's so many challenges. It's a very, very exciting time and place. There is so many opportunities for millennials and young people and uh, people at all levels in society. But I think um, we have to start thinking about what it's going to look like in the future. 
the um, Mark Cuban, I think you probably heard his name. He's a software billionaire. He's on Shark Tank. He did a Bloomberg interview a couple weeks ago where he said in five to ten years, software coders and programmers will no longer be required. That the next wave in computers is the automation of automation, where computers will actually generate the codes and the programs. And the future is in philosophers and English English majors and liberal arts majors who can take all this information, this open source information and the information from these systems and look at it uh, critically and with creativity and figure out how to use it to make the world a better place, how to make business a better place. So there is so much out there and you just have to become good at ciphering through all this information, knowing where we're going as a human race, then figuring out what your your fire in your heart is and how to make a difference. And it's it's a it's a great time. It's an exciting time, and uh, I wish you all the best in your journey. Excellent. Oh, what a powerful close, Charles. Obviously, you know, you and I connected in a very unique way, and we knew instantaneously that there was going to be something more. Um, and I am grateful. I am so grateful that you have agreed to be part of this episode and to share. You know what it is that you're you're doing, you're thinking, and so here's the thing. Um, as we um, end this episode, if you want to know more about Charles Classen Jr., you can visit our website at marlohiggins.com, where you can learn how to connect to him in the different um, circles of influence that he has. And I just richly, richly, richly thank you for being on this episode with us today. And as you're out there listening, we invite you to share this podcast with others, and we thank you in advance for that partnership. So Charles, again, um, can't say enough about the power that you have brought forward for people to listen to and to gain an extension of your knowledge and take it to the next level. So thank you so much. You're welcome, Marlo. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And this is Marlo Higgins, your Chief Inspirational Officer and host. Have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you.